0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Melanin and Miles. This is Janelle and today we are doing another interview with a travel blogger I found on Instagram. Her name is Honoring, and she is a travel blogger that has traveled to over 56 countries and five continents. She uses her Instagram as a great platform to share her travel stories around the world and we just want her to share a little bit about herself. So welcome Honoring.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I love being here.
0: Yeah. And so share with the audience like where you're originally from and your education or work background and how that ended up being tied in with travel.
1: Yes, of course. Um, So I was actually born um, in Rwanda, uh, which is a central eastern African country. Uh, Very on and popping right now. So uh, I lived there for majority of my childhood life until about seven. And then I relocated to the States and then to Canada. So I currently reside in Canada and have been uh, most of my adult life. And basically my background is in tourism and hospitality management. Um, And I also have a degree in human resources. So um, how does that all tie down together since, you know, the age of about seven when I relocated from Africa to, you know, North America, from then on, it was just, I just always wanted to travel. I spent a year traveling in between the moves. So after that, I was kind of introduced to different countries. Um, just the trip itself, you know, I went from Rwanda, then to Burundi, and then to Belgium, then to North Carolina, then to Michigan. So it's like, I've just been so many different places within just that one year before I, re- I settled in, um, in Canada that it just got me going. And from then on, I'm just, I'm always ready to just be on the move really
0: no that's really cool um I wish I (laughs) would I was um still on the move like that (laughs) because this COVID thing has really ruined a lot of plans
1: but oh most definitely yes (laughs) most definitely
0: but no that's really cool so I guess just moving to a whole nother country that kind of like really sparked your interest in travel or was there like a specific trip that you went on that really changed the game for you
1: no um actually like the traveling aspect is like I always love traveling so from as a kid traveling every time um my mom was very uh big on getting us to be out there um for family vacations we're always leaving the country spent some summers in Europe like in Sweden and stuff like that so I was always on the move that it became kind of like a norm so it was just like, okay, what are we going to do this summer? Like, and it was never anywhere for like just a weekend or anything like that. So when, when that just got introduced to me, it was just always just became a second nature to always be gone and be on the move. And it wasn't actually until I got turned down for a job position that I was like, okay, you know what? I need something different. And then I just got up and moved to Asia <laughs> by myself, and I left, and I went, and became an expat and from there on i just continued on and from an expat then i went to work on cruise lines and i did that for numerous of years and then into airlines so it just now it just it's my second nature it's it's basically my middle name so i just really just keep going i never stop
0: sheesh so i guess what which place was your favorite place to live in and then which was your least
1: favorite um okay um I'm probably gonna get some backlash for this. Um, my all of them, all of them do offer a lot of amazing things. So I will say, Asia was the most eye-opening because I, when I moved there, I didn't speak the language, I didn't eat the food, so I relocated to Japan. Um, just for those who want to be specific, and it was just, you know like what you expect culture shock, right?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: just, just to put it into perspective for the first few months, I was like, okay, I'm good. You know, you get introduced to all these new, new things. I had never eaten sushi before. I never spoken Japanese, but I was just like, I'm going to go make money. Um, and then when I was there, everything was great. But then about three months to six months into living there, my body just shut down. The, my body was just like, we're not supposed to be eating this every day. Like, what are we eating? So I, it's, it's funny, but I literally had to eat McDonald's for a few days to kind of regulate my body into like regular stuff like fries and stuff like that, burgers and stuff like that. I understand
0: and- that
1: feeling. <laughs> <laughs> to kind of like, you know, when you go somewhere, your body's just not adapting to the culture and the yeah. food and the way they make things. So you need something that kind of like resets your system, be like, okay, this is familiar. Mm-hmm. So that familiarity for me was McDonald's because it was the only thing that I knew. And and I'm not even trying to like boost McDonald's, but like a Big Mac is the same anywhere in the world, and McDonald's fries is always the same. So I did that for a few days, and it kind of recalibrated my system. Um, so that was one of the places that kind of was an eye opening for me. The other place that I lived, I also lived in the Caribbean, um, and the island of Saint Lucia, and I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna ha- be living on an island. I'm gonna have an ocean view all the time. It's gonna be amazing. But what I really did not take into place is the fact that I've always lived in very high-paced environments. And moving to an island where everything slows down, things close like at three o'clock. So you could, you know, the closer so early, everything's done on a slower pace. That was actually really hard for me to adjust to. Like the living was great, like the food was great. You know, my my home that I had was amazing. I had ocean views, but it was just like. I just felt like there's something missing. Like it's so slow and it was too slow for me. Um, So that was probably like my least favorite in regards to living um, based on my, what I usually prefer, but it was still amazing. Like the weather was always great, Um, but everything is imported, and it's so expensive that you don't even consider how much things are imported into the island. But so that's why I said I might get some backlash for, for saying that. about <laughs> St. Lucia. But I still live, love my people who are there. I love it. So everywhere was great. I learned a lot of things. But yeah, you you learn and you move with the groove of things to kind of adapt
0: and yeah. go with where you need
1: to go. Yeah.
0: Definitely. I like 100% understand that McDonald's <laughs> <laughs> like break you have to take. Especially if you've been somewhere for a yes. long time, you know, something about those fries. just like, just oh, swell. yes, I for
1: <laughs> you. Yes. And they were trying to be stingy exactly. on the ketchup. I'm like, come on now. I know. <laughs> so, so it's like your body kind of just needed something to like recalibrate. It's weird, but McDonald's did it. And mm-hmm. I was able to continue. Because I ended up, I, was, I went there for six months. And then I ended up staying there for two years. So you oh, can wow. kind of understand how great that became. It was really good in the end.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um. So I guess, have you picked up on any languages since you've been like all over the place?
1: Yeah. So when I lived in Japan, I was teaching and they wanted that all um, native teachers, basically like you don't speak Japanese to the kids. So I would only speak English, and but they would speak Japanese to me because they're learning English. So mm. I picked up a lot of the Japanese a lot faster. So I picked up Japanese when I was there. I was very beginner, advanced beginner level. Now it's kind of like gone. But, um, you know, the, it does consider you have to learn how to read hiragana, katakana, then kanji, which is basically like the authentic Japanese. Then you have like the words are translated from like English into Japanese, and then you have the Jap, um, Japanese Chinese characters. So there's certain many different levels to go through. But um, so I learned a bit of Japanese when I was living there. That was amazing. I really loved it. I would love to continue on with Japanese. Um, traveling on the cruise ship, I learned a lot of um, Spanish and picked up a little bit of Italian, but I naturally also um, went to school and I learned French. So, and I have my native tongue from Africa. So I kind of gibble yes. dabble there in languages. <laughs> <laughs> but I also l- I love linguistics. So I um if I'm if I'm somewhere for longer than a week and a half, I would do my best to learn the language, speak with the locals, even if it's just thank you, please, hello, goodbye, yeah. good morning. Those things I find really does make for a great experience and does take it a lot further than just somebody just saying, Hey, can you where can I find this? Or where can I find that? Mm -hmm. So really connecting. It helps you with connect with the locals, which is the best option.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I guess um, with that, what was your most recent travel experience?
1: So I just returned um, from Mexico. Um, I've been to Mexico many times, but I kind of just needed a a mental getaway. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's right now it's it's on the border, you know, between, you know, do you travel, do you not travel? But, but I would consider myself a very well-seasoned traveler. I did a lot of extensive experience. I ensured that I stayed in a location that was well taken care of, a lot of uh, high-end protocols with regards to COVID regulations and stuff like that. So I did uh, Mexico for a week um, at the beginning of the year. And I stayed in a resort, my first time staying at a resort, all-inclusive. Um, the resort was only 10% um, occupancy, which was really good. So everybody gets an upgrade when you get there. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as you get in, like there is um, think, uh, temperature checks. There's, you know, sanitation. And uh, everybody has to wear a mask everywhere you go. Like even coming into the grounds, the the security got has to check around the whole um van that picks you up or whatever that your car that picks you up and Mm -hmm. sanitize it and when you come in there's like a mat to like sanitize yourself and stuff like that every step like so every person that you're interacting with they're all wearing masks they're all taking temperatures and they're all like sanitizing their hands so it was really good with and the you would think that because of covid they're gonna reduce the regulation for housekeeping but my housekeeping staff was on point. As soon as I leave the room, it's being cleaned down mm-hmm. again. So that was really good. Um, so Mexico and Playa cool. del Carmen.
0: Yeah. I feel like Mexico is like the new COVID hotspot to travel it for.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. And that's why um, a lot of people are going to Tulum um, or mm-hmm. Tulum, whichever way you want to pronounce it. Um, I chose to stay outside from that. Um, I did have a bunch of friends, a, a bunch of people that were staying in Tulum but I know I'll be very tempted to, you know, turn up over there. So I just stayed in all inclusive and stayed on the resort where I can kind of like monitor who I'm interacting and going with. Um, And not only that for, they just have put in the regulation. I think you guys are about to have it, but in Canada, as of January 7th, you had, you need a negative COVID test to return. Mm -hmm. So with that in place, I didn't want to take any, any more, you know, um, I want to take every chances. I just want to be on precaution with it. So I just decided to just keep it low. Not a turn up vacation, not a crazy excursion adventures that I usually do. I do a lot of crazy stuff. But this time was really kind of like beach. Nobody else is there. Relaxation, meditation. Because like I said, it was a whole lot of um, it was a mental health vacation and not like a turn up like usual
0: yeah that makes sense that makes sense yeah I'll just move away so what would you say overall like what's your like favorite thing about travel specifically
1: um I think it just it just allows you number one to just clear your mind number um that was the main thing I find when you're able to kind of like live your comfort zone and go into these other countries that are very different from where you're from um, it really kind of opens you up to the world, makes you appreciate a lot of things. Uh, number two, it just adds another level of like connection with people. Um, you know, not a, everybody don't speak the same language, but if you're you know, if you're traveling and some and you somebody sees you and you're coming to their country, they're so happy and so welcoming. You know that you're you're coming to visit their country and they can show you around. They're always very pleased for all these um, tourism to come in into and, uh, and everything. And, and lastly, just about culture and learning new things. And of course, who, who could say no to food, different kinds of food too, that comes into play. But, um, so I always try to plan trips that are, are, have a combination of like adventure, um, exotic things that you can try and a lot of culture for um, a cultivated experience.
0: Nice, and then I guess on the opposite of that, what would you say was your biggest travel mistake? Like something you would never recommend anyone do or go
1: through? <laughs> I, I, I'm i very well calculated. I'm a big uh, planner. Uh, hence my name on social media, Jets that are on a budget. Like I really plan for my trips. Um, but I was writing up a blog about some of my travel fails. And one of the thing was um, traveling with different people. And when you preoccupied with pleasing their needs as opposed to your own. Um, So I traveled one time with a friend who was, um, who is vegan. Um, And, you know, it wasn't anything towards my friend that I traveled with, but I just, I took so much time trying to make sure that we were finding a location for, um, that they can eat that it took away from the experience of me tasting different, you know, street food and stuff like that. Um, So at this time I was like, I was uh, traveling abroad and, you know, I want to try different things out there. Okay. Let's see what they got on the street, different things I could try. But because a lot of the food are made with like, you know, animal products or, you know, uh, pork broth, beef broth, um, things that they cannot eat. I ended up having to cut the cultural experience of this kind of street food into a, just a more, like, uh, restaurant setting, which is usually not my style. So, um, I don't feel I really got the authentic feel, for example, with regards to that trip. Um, and another part was when you have to travel and you're on a budget and, you know, you just, you have to stick to your budget. You can't let, you know, other people persuade you into spending money. And if it's not part of your budget, you got to speak up. So I, I will always say, stick to what you know. And, Make sure you communicate with the other person ahead of time so you guys are on the same page.
0: Very true. There's nothing worse than like being in the group chat trying to like schedule a group or schedule a trip together and go with a bunch of people. And then like money comes up and you're acting like you're into it, but you know, you can't afford it. And then later you pull out when everyone's ready to actually buy things.
1: Yeah. So like, like that's a walk of shame right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so just tell people like, it's not a big deal. So <laughs> tell ahead of time. I, what I have done is actually from experiences, um, I'm very, and this is not to be bougie or anything like that, even though I could be bougie on a budget. It's I'm very picky on who I travel with. I get along with everyone and everyone around, but I'm very picking who I would travel with. And and that's to ensure that when I'm going on vacation, I'm not going to be like, but are you having a good time? Did you like this? Do you want to do this? I don't have time for that. I want to ensure that you're spending your money the way that you want to and you're getting everything out of it. And I'm doing the same. So I'm not going to add you in the group chat until I know for sure that you're going. You know, I've had people cancel last minute but they know that, listen, we're not waiting for you. We're not one of those people. If I'm on a group, we're not going to be waiting for those people. So you don't even get added to the group chat if you're still on the fence <laughs> about. <laughs> They're like, oh, you know, I really want to travel with you. I'm like, okay, cool. All right, you let me know. This is where we're going. This is the date. This is how much it's going to cost. All right, cool. You let me know when I when you're ready to book. No, that's not how it works. Because I'm not <laughs> gonna, I'm, I, I'm not your group currently. Yeah. You know, I plan everything for you. You know what I'm saying? So what we're going to do is we're going to ensure that everybody... Number one thing I always ask, and you know anybody can use this in any of their groups, I always say, "What are your pet peeves?" Because you need to know you're gonna be traveling ab- across the world with these people, right? What are your pet peeves? What are your must-haves uh, with you? And I say top three. You list them out. If you want to be just turned up and hung over all the time, which there's nothing wrong with it, but this is not the type of a vacation that we're going on. It's not gonna work. So I want you to know ahead of time before you get there. You're like, well, I didn't have a good time because these people wanted to get up early every day for, you know, the Great Wall of China. The Great Wall of China requires you to be up early to get there. Exactly. I I don't understand what you, what part you didn't understand is what was going on. So I always ensure that um, everybody in the group chat lists their top three must have. They they list their pet peeves um, and their budget. Because, you know, I like uh, when I went on my group to China, that was like the best one so far, of my group trips. And there's me. Everybody knows I'm a budget traveler. Mm-hmm. I had my other homegirl who's like in between. She's like, whatever y'all wanna do, I'm down. And then I had my other friend who is like, she got money. She's ready to drop whatever you say. If you say it's $300, she's gonna drop it. And I'm here like, uh uh-uh, uh, I think we did it for $25. So <laughs> I will do the work, but we're not gonna pay no $300. So for example, for the Great World China tour, it came with like, um, the Great Wall of China, transportation, um, a tea ceremony, the jade uh, a factory where they make all the jade and all these other little like, and also like a lunch. And we had seen it for $250 per person. I was like, there's no way I'm paying $250 for the Great Wall of China. There has to be a way that it's cheaper. So as a budget traveler, I, we started dinging So we waited until we got there. I got some hookups, got everybody Send me links looking around. We ended up buying it for $45. And this is $45 Canadian. So that's probably like $35 <laughs> for you guys, American. So yeah. you can imagine and somebody, you know, some of my one of my friends was willing to pay like $250. You crazy? Absolutely that's a whole not. that's a whole trip yeah. right there. So I did
0: I did a similar tour that you're talking about, but it was like mm-hmm. a layover tour because my yes. flight was mm-hmm. just so long. And um i do remember seeing some crazy prices but after digging i found stuff much cheaper that right, did the tea right. tour the hike the you rode the little
1: yeah like, i didn't go down because it, it was so cold the gondola going, yeah and well, we the gondola going up so oh, okay. you know don't judge me i was i was huffing and puffing <laughs> i had done my elliptical i had done my stairmaster but we were still out of breath going up and wouldn't even do much so we took the gondola up and I think you could toboggan down on that little like shoe thing. Yeah, But it was too cold and we were like, we don't trust these little things. Oh, so, yeah. Um. But yeah, you see, after doing so much research, you, you're you able to find it for cheaper. So why wouldn't you want to pay the cheaper price as opposed to just dropping that money? So, but okay. things like that, it's like, you know, you need to be, you know, you come together. But then we also, because we were doing a big um, kind of like Southeast Asian tour. So we did, um, China, and then we went to Cambodia, and then we did Thailand. So we said, okay, you know what, we, we know that China is a little bit more, more pricey than these other countries that we're going to, so we're going to put in our budget a little higher. For example, for me, when I travel, my accommodation of stay, and this is in Canadian dollars, it's range between $30 and $50 a night. I don't go above that. And that's so I can have enough money to splurge when I get there. So if I budget ahead of time and I pre-plan, I can always ensure that my nightly stay does not pass fifty dollars unless it's like an amazing villa that would come with the butler and I'm really gonna pay like sixty-five dollars. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was gonna say hundred dollars. I you know, know, I was no, like no, 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 I'm a budget traveler, so when no, we that's did good. That, when we did and I and I tell people, I said this is my budget, I don't go past this. Yeah. So you need to understand that yeah, you looking at everything and you're like, oh my God, everything looks so nice. It does look nice. But when you haven't calculated everything and you add it together, it's going to add up. So you mm-hmm. need to make sure that your accommodation is a set price. So when I did that and for China, we were like, okay, fine. We know what, we're going to splurge a little bit more. Uh, we're going to find the best that we can find by closest to our budget. And it was like $65 a night. And we stayed at this like, um, old school theatrical theater kind of like boutique hotel with they had like old school Chinese puppets going on and like all this place stuff. It was very beautiful and it came with a lot of things, but it was worth to spend that extra ten dollars. Now you know I do understand there's other people who are a luxury traveler who want to pay more who don't care for that. But he had all of our necessities. They had air conditioner, they had Wi-Fi, he had a clean bed for everybody and like comfortable setting. So You know, you you choose what you how much you want to pay depending on the country. And then, you know, you budget and you stick with it. But budget travel, come to me. I'm telling you, I'm not going to budge.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's good. I I mean, I also do like to budget and not spend a lot of money, especially when I'm kind of on a trip for myself and I don't need to consider what other people want out of the trip. So at that point, you know, I'm staying in hostels. I'm doing a bunch of different stuff. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'd rather spend my money on like excursions and like exactly. try something really new rather than
1: like other a fancy hotel. That, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That you're going to yeah. spend, you know, six hours, you know, as long as the bed looks comfortable and it's clean, it's in a nice, safe area, obviously, um, you know, and it has all your other necessities that you want, which is for yeah. us, it's like if we're traveling somewhere that's hot. You definitely want AC in your room you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah oh yeah you need that and then you know and you know having wi-fi and stuff like that and usually i always make sure that everybody kind of like gets their own room
0: at yeah, least and smart. stuff
1: like that so so you know that you could kind of have like time to wind down and have a, your own minute because mm-hmm. you're on a goop trip right so especially if you're gone for two three weeks it's like i've been with you every single day but you know when i get home I can decide if I want to go do, you know, a group dinner or if I just want to stay home and order in or things like that.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: To kind of like reboot and, you know, give rejuvenate for the following day before you get back together with everybody else.
0: That makes sense. Well, you had like a lot of really good advice. And honestly, like I don't even want to <laughs> delve too deep into too many more questions because we have a lot that we talked about already. But, oh, awesome. oh, but I do want you to, you know, give yourself a shout out and let us know where we can find you on Instagram or any other platforms in case you know, oh, for someone's sure. probably really interested in a lot of the budgeting tips you have. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure people would love to see where they can find you.
1: Yes, most definitely. So my name is Anreen, also known as Jet Setter 2.0 on Instagram, um, uh, aka Jet Setter on a Budget. You can definitely find me on Instagram if you are going to shoot me a little line about, you know, finding, please be make sure you say good day. Hello. How are you doing? And stuff like that. It's supposed to be like, can you curate my trip? Uh, but other <laughs> than that, cause I get those a lot. I do get uh, those a lot. Um, I don't make any planned trips, but I do have a blog coming out soon. It should be launching within the next month or so. Um, and then that will be, everything will be posted on my Instagram. So definitely hit me up. Um, Most likely, uh, ninety percent of the time, I've been to a country that you're looking into going, and if not, it's on my list, and maybe I might see you there. So, what other way than to connect and get out there together?
0: Nice. And I'll link all of that. I'll link her Instagram in the show notes so y'all can find it. Super easy if you. um,
1: Yeah. Super friendly too. Very (laughs) very friendly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um and then I guess I'll get into my last couple of questions and it's really just like some quick words of advice for um the audience and the first one is why what advice would you give someone that's looking to travel more often but maybe thinks like they don't have the time or the money or anything.
1: Um I would suggest highly on planning. If it's based on time, make sure you um try to plan a couple of trips for yourself. Uh, if it's best on money, you could start off in your own backyard, honestly, and do like a staycation or, you know, travel around your state, your province, your, your country, but definitely getting out there. It's really going to rejuvenate you and get you, uh, back to where you need to be and feeling great. Travel is always a good thing to do.
0: Definitely. And yeah, literally doing a staycation. I've done it multiple times throughout this pandemic is do, possible. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's possible. Go. go ahead, get it done. You feel so and, good. Uh, right. <laughs> and so I guess my last question: why do you think black women should travel?
1: Um, I think first and foremost, anybody should travel, but black women, especially because there's so much out there that you know it's outside of the textbook and it's at your fingertips. There's nothing that should hinder you or you feel that should be hindering you to travel. And if you're kind of optimistic in the sense of being like, is this area welcoming to Black people. Honestly, once you get out there, it's so welcoming. Um, But do your research as well. But not only that, we have so much to offer as Black women that people out there need to hear about, need to see, need to experience um, like a, for example, a lot of my students that I had in in Japan, I was the first black person that they ever saw, you know. But they're always gonna remember the first person that they ever saw. So, you know, we have so much to offer. Let it be our personality. Let it be our, you know, our femininity. Whatever it is, they need to be seen, and not only that, we need to spread the black girl magic, most definitely.
0: Definitely, I agree a hundred percent with all of that. You know, it's really nice to. Try like get more black people out there traveling you know it's always nice to see another black face when you are
1: yeah, uh, like going out
0: and in the world and then also like I feel like so many other people just see black people from what they see on TV and not really
1: what the reality is so
0: other than us seeing the world it's nice for the world to see us and to see
1: how like, yes and experience how we are you know yeah. our vibe exactly and our dance moves <laughs> <laughs>
0: Minus you the said it best. <Yeah>.